Yinzers, Jagoffs, and that's a brand new podcast here on Friday, January 15th, I had to find it, 2021. And boy, is there plenty of stuff to talk about on this Friday. Um, <laughs> where to start? Steelers? Capital? I mean, I don't know. They're both equally disturbing to me. First of all, let's let's jump into this, this Steeler malarkey that went on past Sunday night. I mean, I was... I, I told a few people I had I had a bad feeling, you know, losing in week 17 to the Browns, you know, you don't have your starting QB, you have a few starters sit out, that's completely fine. You lose by two points, okay, that, that should give you some confidence going into the actual first playoff game. It was a fluke. The game was a fluke. If you didn't see it, you, you chose wisely. It was It was a mess what happened. I told quite a few people. I told my dad asked me who do I think is going to win. I said I have a bad feeling about this. I think the Browns are going to win. Uh, I told my mom the same thing. My girlfriend asked me. I said, "Is the last time I wear my Steelers jerseys until come September of next year?" Um, a diehard fan I met at school. I mean, he is a diehard Pittsburgh fan of all Pittsburgh sports, whether it's college or pro or hell, the MLB, NFL, NHL level. You know. When the game started, I sent a message. I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on here? And he's saying, you know, this ain't worth my time. After they after they got the third touchdown. Fourth touchdown, he sent me a message and said, I'm turning off the TV. It was a mess. It was a mess. Um, I mean, first snap of the game. I mean, Marquise Pouncey, he's like, he's like thrown into like the next day. He's like, he's hiking the ball into practically Ohio, thinking Ben's like nine feet tall. Ben, I... Where to begin with Ben Roethlisberger? But going along, watching that that first quarter, it was like painful to watch. Just seeing, you know, how much this team really struggled. It, I couldn't believe it. You know, they said during the game that four touchdowns was the most that was given up by any team in a playoff game in the first quarter. And I was like, yep, that those are the Steelers. That th- these are my these are my Steelers that are just making it tough to be tough to be watching right now. And you know, I I saw so many things that were just terrible and you know, when you go with an 11 and 0 start, you you got to think there's some confidence going on here even if the team can really fall off a little bit. You know, you lose 3 or 4, okay, that's not so bad. You find another win, you lose your last game of the season, then you lose your first game in the playoffs. Okay, so clearly we were very lucky this season. The 11 and 0, we were very lucky. That that's very clear to me now. Watching I watched I think every game. I don't think I missed one. Watching every game. It, it's crazy how close the games that we won always were. We did not have a blowout game this season. Other teams blew us out, but we didn't have a blowout game this season. And maybe this is partly my fault. When I went with my girlfriend into Market Square in Pittsburgh and they had the Zoom with Santa, I asked Santa for the perfect season for the Steelers. They were they were 11-0. This was the day before 
they announced that the Redskins game, or sorry, not the Redskins, the Washington football team and the Steelers in Pittsburgh, that game got postponed again. And I was asking for the perfect season. Of course, he asked, he asked my girlfriend next what she wants for Christmas. And, you know, she actually said something, you know, he could probably actually deliver. And, you know, the old fat man's kind of just like laughing up his sleeve. And he asks me, you know, are all the players on this football team, are they on the nice list? <laughs> Hell, if I know, have you met a millionaire that's been on the nice list before? What are you coming at me with all this for, fat man? I'm asking for, this is for me. I, I don't care. They're getting paid. They, they don't, they don't get stuff from Santa. When you make over a million dollars in your life, in the span of like a year or two, you don't get gifts from Santa. Santa is for poor people. And that's why people like me believe in him. So these millionaires, they do not get anything from Santa. And he knew that, but he's over there laughing at me on this Zoom call and everything. And of course, you know, if you weigh the options here, I'm sitting with with my girlfriend. She's on the nice list. I'm I've fallen from grace a few times before. And clearly he took the nicer person in the room. It was me, it was her, and the photographer. And I'm sure I was behind the photographer even. So he duped me. So maybe this is partly my fault. Maybe I'm the reason. And if that's the case, because they didn't start losing until after I asked Santa. I apologize to Yinzer Nation, the Yinzer Mob, and the Mafia. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I really do. All jokes aside, though, what the hell had happened in that game? It was a mess. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to make this whole thing about the Steelers, I promise. But after taking some time to think about reflecting on the past... God, I mean, I've been a Steelers fan since I was born, but I didn't actually start watching the games till I was maybe like six seven eight years old like i started to understand the game and not just have my parents dress me in like a steelers onesie or t-shirt or whatever but ben roethlisberger has always been my quarterback for the steelers you know charlie batch i think he should have gotten more playing time personally i thought he was a good quarterback you know second string charlie batch uh mason rudolph <laughs> don't get me started Delvin Hodges, the duck. The duck is always and historically will be one of my favorite quarterbacks. You know, his style is just so out there. He can scramble. He can run. He can do it all. He he was really good. And the game that I went to, there's a there's a vlog from last, was it last? No, it's from 2019 now. When we went to a Steelers game, um, they pulled Mason Rudolph because Ben was injured for the 2019-2020 season. They pulled him. They put in Mason Rudolph to start, and he was sucking wind. We were losing to the damn Dolphins. And um, people start chanting, you know, duck, duck, duck. And I was I was all on board. I, I, I thought Delvin Hodges, I, I think he's cool as hell. Duck call and everything, you know. I actually have a shirt that I got in the Strip District. Uh, it says duck on the back with his number. And... Um, I, he's one of my favorites. I hope I hope he gets signed up again. He didn't get to play this year at all. He was kind of on like reserve, I think, but he didn't get to see any playing time this year. I hope he gets picked back up. But you know, everyone's chanting duck, 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 and then they finally bring him out, and you know, he he won the game for us. It was a great game to be at. It was like a, a true come from behind win. It was a Monday night game against the Dolphins. If you wanna if you wanna look that up, God, but that game was a mess. I mean. Ben, he he's so monotone. I've been watching all of his post-game, pre-game interviews and everything. 
He's so monotone, and it's like he's hiding a secret from all of us. You know, he's standing back in the pocket like a damn statue, and because of the elbow surgery he had last year after that injury against the Seahawks, the dude's just, like, throwing these, like, real sissy throws. Like, hell, I could throw harder than these, like, five-yard throws. They're playing slants and slots so much. They don't get to, like, actually get, like, a 20-yard gain unless the receiver gets it. This whole offense, this offensive line, they've all been built around this year to help please Ben so that way he could actually work in, in the pocket. He doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to scramble because watching him run is like watching a dishwasher get pushed across a field. It doesn't work. So you see in this pocket, and half the time he'll get sacked or he has to throw it away because he doesn't have enough time. But when he does get that five-yard pass... It is completely up to the receiver or the tight end to make this play happen. That is the problem this year. I, I've kept seeing it all season when we were winning. I'm like, if someone finds this and exposes that, the Steelers are toast. If someone is going to blitz and rush this offensive line and get to Ben, we're toast. And look what happened. From like the 12th game of the season to that playoff game, it happened. We got away with one win during that time. But man, we got exposed. Even the game against the Ravens in Heinz Field. I mean, we got exposed in that game. We we got we got our asses kicked is what happened. But we just clawed our way through. It was like no one scored over 20 points, I think, in that game, if I'm remembering right. It was a mess. But yet here's the weird thing. The Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. All three teams, out of the seven possible spots, three of them got to the playoffs. After the first week of, of they called it Super Wild Card Weekend because there was an additional seventh seed now. We, you know, we should have written off the Browns. We beat the Ravens twice, but look now. They're still in the playoffs, and now we're sitting on the couch. We have to watch now. We're out of it. I don't know. I don't know what it was. You know, do we do we say, oh, you know, it's just the Browns. We'll we'll figure it out. I mean, we only lost by two points in the last game of the season, and I know the whole that game didn't matter on the whole positioning and everything. We were gonna play the Browns again regardless. Was it underestimated? Maybe, but even Tomlin himself, and I I love Mike Tomlin. I'm not gonna throw any shade his way. He has done a phenomenal job with this team since he's first had them. You know, we have never had a losing season with them. We've gone 8-8. Eight and eight. I think we've done it twice now. But we have not had a losing season with Mike Tomlin at head coach. So, it, everyone's talking about this. I think it was end of the third quarter. It was a fourth down. We were, we were like just past the 50-yard line. We were in Browns territory in the game. And they decide to punt it on a fourth and one. We're down by two touchdowns. I think we're down by 15, actually. Two touchdowns, 15. I think we're down by 15. And they punt it away. And I was thinking, why the hell did we do that? We have to go now. And so even the play calls that Tomlin was making, I was kind of like, why are we why are we doing this? We're, we're like really hands off on trying to make something happen here. I say, I say we like as if I'm actually part of the team. I'm just very passionate, I think, about this one. It, it's just a load of BS. Juju, I mean, his his TikTok dancing on the logo and everything, that... That was a load of BS itself. You know, he made more TikToks, I think, than he did receptions this year. Chase Claypool, I, 
I love the 7-Eleven connection. I'm wearing my shirt right now, actually. 7-Eleven for Ben and Chase Claypool. He he did okay. There were a few catches he probably should have made in that game, but you know, for his rookie season, I I love Chase Claypool. I think he did great. I hope I hope we get to keep him. Juju, I'm a little not sure about. The only problem I have with both of them, though, is that they said that the Browns are gonna get their asses handed to him from Kansas City. And we don't know if that's true just yet. I mean, the Browns, you can't talk shit about a team you just lost to in the playoffs, in my opinion. The Chiefs, yeah, they're good. They got that bye. They got the number one seed, and that's all true and everything. But you can't go and start complaining that you lost and then say, this team is going to lose to the Chiefs when you've lost to the team themselves. That's how I feel about that. I, I, I like Chase Claypool. I wish he wouldn't have said that. Oh, God, what else? Eric Ebron, I don't think he got enough reception. Same with Vance McDonald. You know, they're tight ends, and I get that, but, you know, they got the ball quite a bit, but I don't think they got as many receptions as they should have. They made first down conversions happen this year. Eric Ebron, he he was a good pickup. He did some good stuff. Vance Vance McDonald, though, he didn't, he didn't get a whole lot of time with it. And it's a shame, you know, the problem, I think, with Ben is that with the elbow surgery, he can't throw the ball that far. You know, you, we don't see those crazy halfway down the field throws anymore. He can only do it once or twice, maybe every few games. Because I don't think he's in the position where his arm's going to be able to handle a few of them. And that's slowing us down, big time. Mason Rudolph was more fun to watch. I only caught the end of the fourth quarter in week 17 Steelers and Browns game. I only caught the end of that one. But watching Mason Rudolph, I mean, the guy was scrambling. He was running. He was he was putting some jump balls up there. He was making it fun and exciting to watch. The problem is that Ben can't do that. If you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC North, the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. That guy can run. He can move. He can scramble. He can throw. But that guy can get first downs. Hell, he had that touchdown run on their game last Sunday against the Titans. He tied the game with that. I think that was right after halftime. Scrambles makes one of the biggest QB rush touchdowns probably ever in the playoffs, I think. Did a phenomenal job. Won the game. Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns. He's young. He's skinny. He can move. He can scramble. We see him get those third down conversions. We've seen him run on fourth down conversions. The guy can move. That's the problem. We don't have someone that can move. Hell, Joe Burrow, I think's his name for the Bengals, before he got injured this season. I think he played half the season. He he could move. You know, he, he was a young guy. He, he was still trying to figure it out with the Bengals and everything, but he could move. He was young. He could move. He could throw. He had a little bit of everything. He he wasn't solely reliant on these like torpedo direct shot throws that we've been seeing Ben do. Then you look at Ben. Can't move out of the pocket. Can't scramble that much. Gets sacked too much. I'm All these things. And all the interceptions in the damn game. Oh my God. That first quarter was hell. Now, no argument. Ben will get into the Hall of Fame. He's won, he's won two Super Bowls now. He had three appearances. He'll go. To, he will go into the Hall of Fame. But he's got to get out now. Because now he's starting to equal out all these really good seasons 
with not so great seasons, with injured seasons. You know, now it's starting to catch up. He's old enough now to where it, it's time. You know, he's done a good job. He he set up a bit of a dynasty for himself there when he was a lot younger. But now, now he's he needs to walk away. Yins are faithful. I mean, yeah, we ride or die. My jersey I have has Ben's name on the back. Yeah, it's all true. But it's time. There, there comes a certain point where a football player like him needs to go. Now he's pulling the team down. He's hurting the team. You know, I, I think he's I think he's a great quarterback personally. But I don't think he he should keep holding us back. That's the problem. I think he's holding us back. And, you know, the, the whole question, should he retire? Yes, he should retire. Uh, in my opinion, he should have retired like three years ago. You know, it's time to move on. Mason Rudolph should have had a lot more starts this year. Or hell, Delvin Hodges, the Duck himself, should have had some starts this year. You know, those are the two guys that we need to start putting interest in or start investing in these younger guys coming out of college or these younger guys that are playing right now. That's what I think we should start doing. Our our defense was our defense was good this year. We we did okay. Minka Fitzpatrick, I mean, he, what a great pickup last year. That guy did a great job last year and this year. You can tell I'm a little PO'd about this. Cameron Hayward, I mean, he's always been great. I think his time's coming to an end soon anyway. But, you know, he has always been a great football player for the Steelers as well. There's just so many moving parts that happened. Bud Dupree, before he got injured, he did a good job holding up Kangaroo Court for quite a while. The defense was there. The offense, the guy that has to make it happen with the ball can't make it happen. And we haven't even touched running backs yet. I mean, James Conner, I mean, I think it was COVID that took him out for a while. Then he comes back, he can't make these big rushing plays. We aren't getting 10 plus yards like we had with Le'Veon Bell. We were spoiled with Le'Veon Bell for a while. We were spoiled with Antonio Brown before all of his... BS happened, all of his drama stuff. There were a lot of things that, that worked out pretty well. I think maybe... I think maybe Ben was spoiled with some of these weapons that he had. He didn't have to throw as much with who who the running backs were with Le'Veon Bell. And then when James Conner came in, we're like, wow, this, this guy's here to ball. You know, he's here to play. But then this season, like our running, our running back game isn't really there. And I think that was a big piece that was missing. And Ben had to throw a lot more. <sighs> it's just stuff like that, that, that gets to me. But I'm going to try, I'm going to keep it under 20 minutes of just talking about the Steelers and whatnot. Let's move on. Like we should probably move on here. Uh, but you know, congrats to the Browns, Ohio, all that. Yeah. You know, woo, good for them and everything. You know, I'm, 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 I'm so proud for you. Wait, before we change though, this is their first playoff win since 1995. The last time they made a playoff appearance was in 2002. 19 years. That's insane. I mean, that's really just insane to think about. That's a long time to wait. But Penguins, Penguins hockey. Let's talk about hockey for a second now. I'm not the biggest hockey freak out there. In fact, you know, I'd probably watch paint dry over hockey when I was younger. 
But being up in Pittsburgh and everything, I know Penguins hockey is huge to people up there. I actually sat down and watched a Penguins game on Wednesday night. Like I, I actually sat there and watched it. Because with COVID and everything, and I, when I go back to school, you know, I'm going to be in my room a lot anyway. I was like, you know, might as well try and try and see if I can follow it. Try and see if I can follow hockey for a little bit. It's I, It's interesting. I always knew there were two divisions. You had the East and the West, I think. Just like the NBA, you have the East and the West, I think. And now it's split up in four divisions for hockey this year, which I think is going to be very interesting. My brother, he's a Capitals fan. We still don't know why. I, I even know he's interested in hockey until they started talking about Capitals and players. And he was talking like he actually knew the game. And I was like, well, shit, maybe I need to start learning the game or something. But I actually sat through. They lost, but... It was interesting you know maybe it'll, it'll take a while but i think you know hockey could be something to get into here i'm not saying not saying i'm gonna rant about it for 20 minutes like i did with the steelers and everything but that's besides the point pirates i mean i don't know what the baseball season's gonna look like just yet hopefully it's a full season but um i'm a pirate fan also and <laughs> we'll see what happens they, they traded josh bell a few weeks ago one of their best players I don't get it. You got these young minor league players, not a whole lot of potential, not a lot of promise, but they go and they they just get these guys. I don't get it. You know, you, you have this product now. It's on the field. These two, three, whatever draft picks or, or whatever in the minor leagues aren't going to do anything for you right now. This is the guy that's helping you start something here. When you have three good players, you don't trade all three of them away after their first season and get six minor league players because now you just have a minor league team. You've got to have that base and those few players that can at least make something good happen. At least have that. But they don't. They're trading, they're trading players away and <sighs> pirates have always had interesting ways to handle this stuff. But you know, it was cool like five, six, five, six, seven years ago. They're playing good. McCutcheon was there. Josh Bell, Starling Marte. I mean, you had good players. Russell Martin, Jason Grilly. You had some like really good names. And these weren't like, these guys weren't the franchise. McCutcheon was. Josh Bell, I mean, he was close. Starling Marte kind of was. But you didn't have like these, like, like five-star players at every position. You know, you, you play a balance with everything. You know, you can get the captain of the infield. If your shortstop or your third baseman is that guy, but I don't know. They, they do. They do some interesting things. Every baseball team does. It, it's hard to be an Orioles fan too, especially last these past two years. Um, we had we had a minor league team that used to be by where I live in Frederick and everything, and they were the farm system. They were the younger players for major league teams and everything, for the Orioles. And sometimes players got picked up and went elsewhere in major league baseball. And I became an Orioles fan probably in middle school is when it happened. Maybe I was in like fifth grade. But, you know, trying to follow a team, you know, where you don't have any big names or anything, it makes you appreciate the game a lot more. And then when that good player finally arrives, you're like, shit, this this is cool. This is some cool stuff here. Like um, for the Orioles, when uh, Chris Davis first showed up um, from Texas, he was playing for the Rangers. Before he started sucking, he was really good. He was hitting bombs every day. 
and he was over there playing in the outfield, playing first base. He pitched in a game that went like 22 innings against the Red Sox. I mean, all this stuff. You know, when when you watch a team and they don't, it doesn't look like they have that promising of a product, but then they get some of those good players. You like I not only do I appreciate the game more, but I'm gonna love watching this tonight. Hopefully, there's a full baseball season. Okay, not nothing about sports. Uh, we're 24 minutes in. I'm I'm just talking about sports. Um, I said I was gonna talk about this this week, the whole Capitol riot, everything that that's gone on. God, where to start? I mean, it's it's it was weird back in 2015 when the Baltimore riots were happening because here in Frederick where I, where I grew up Baltimore is is only an hour away same thing goes for DC it's only an hour away my dad was working in Baltimore he had to drive through parts of the city where the riot was at its worst and you know it, it makes you think it made me think I was back in high school about I was like man that's an hour away from us you know, like guys are getting killed, setting stuff on fire. Like th- this is some crazy stuff going on and it's only an hour away from me. And it, it'll make you think, especially when your dad has to drive there every day. You're like, man, this is, it makes you, it makes you think. Same thing for DC. You know, DC is an hour away. Technically, Frederick is a bit of a commuter city to go down towards the district but places like urbana clarksburg rockville places like that going along the highway down towards dc those places are more considered the the what's the word the commuter areas going towards dc but frederick's still a part of it but you know like an hour away from me when it's just weird when um when I was watching on TV, I was thinking, you know, I know, because I grew up in this area, I know so many people that were down there, believe it or not. They were on both sides. You had the people that were these complete radical extremist, whatever you want to call it, people that wanted to break into the Capitol and just go ballistic. And then you had the other side with people that were trying to just make the peace and the third part was people that were there to still protest the BLM movement. And it's weird because Facebook, Facebook's just a treasure trove to find out what people do. I had friends that were putting up posts like they, they so I know someone that actually like started a, uh, one of the rally parts when the BLM movement was happening. He became a, a very um, forward facing BLM movement kind of person he was he was forming a group and he'd shuttle people down with him to DC to actually ride and protest with the police back in July I think it was when these protests were kind of starting to get out of hand and it was starting to spread across the entire country so i knew like a little bit of like i know these people personally like i worked with them or i went to school with them at community college like i know some of these people on on all three ends of this you know i i know plenty of people that used to be in the police People have been in the service and they're posting stuff. And then you have people that, that aren't even there and they're posting stuff. And everyone everyone wants to put their political views on Facebook for some reason. Back in the day, it was great 
when we just talk about the cookies that you made and you put up a picture or you just put up some text and said, I made chocolate chip cookies and you could comment, oh, can I get two? I'm swinging, I'm swinging through that neighborhood on Wednesday, you know, stuff like that. You know, back when social media was actually, you know, fun, useful, stuff like that before money got involved with it. All of that kind of is down the drain. You know, I can't go on Facebook without seeing anything about politics. It's, it's something, you know, people that are like above 70 that I'm friends with, they're even posting about politics. Now, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not weird to see someone between the ages of 15 that think they know anything about politics all the way up to 40 posting about like their political views and whatnot, because they, they're looking for a fight. They, they want people to think they're important because they're putting out the political views and everything. But people over 70 they're like, oh man, you know, Trump's God. And other people are like, oh, Trump's shit. And, you know, it's just like those two and then everything in the middle. And you're like, what in the hell is this? Why are people going out here posting their political views? Like, don't you guys have jobs? Aren't your jobs supposed to like tell you like, uh, you can't post about this kind of stuff if you want to keep working here. I think that's a leash that was loosened up for heck everyone apparently. But I've never understood, why would you go and put your political views out there on Facebook? That has never made any sense to me, ever. But how people do it. So I know all these people that are down there in D.C. I was driving back with my dad, coming back to Frederick. And we we knew because we get the local D.C. news stations. They, they always advised at the end of every newscast, don't go anywhere near D.C., when Trump was holding the rally, when the Senate was in trying to finalize the vote, we knew all that. So we're listening on the radio and they're like, oh, you know, everyone's, everyone's standing out here. They're doing their chants and everything. And, you know, some people were pushing each other. And we're like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we expected. But then when the news broke, we were listening to it on the radio when they broke into the Capitol. You know, we didn't hear that they smashed windows just yet. It was just reported that they broke in the Capitol. That's when, you know, it was kind of like that moment where you say oh my god like we didn't think it was going to mount to this like that that's where it gets crazy so you know you're smashing windows you're coming in the joint and everything and uh you got those guys you got that one dude that had his picture taken at a uh, nancy pelosi's desk some other dude took the podium that name that uh the speaker always goes to i mean just weird shit someone put up two pipe bombs outside the capitol that's just crazy stuff like people comparing it to 9-11 and to me that's a bit of a stretch 9-11 was something of its own so that that's completely different but this here you know the american people fighting to get into the house that's built for the people that's weird i was with my dad like a few days before christmas going through dc because i went to work with him and uh, we were on the highway that was going right past the Washington Monument and the Capitol. And I was looking like, man, I haven't been here in a long time. And the whole time I'm looking, I'm forgetting all about this, all, all the, the riots, BLM movement. You got the uh, Proud Boys. You got the Trump heads. You got everyone. Completely forgetting. I'm like, man, maybe I should work my way back down here sometime. You know, maybe because I can't remember the last time it was I spent like over two hours in D.C., I really don't remember when that might have been in like elementary school. But you're seeing all this stuff on the TV. And um, it's interesting. You know, I understand, you know, if you don't believe in 
that COVID's going to get you or anything. But, you know, if you're going to break into a place, you got to put a damn mask on because that gives you a 50-50 chance. Now, I'm not saying you're going you're gonna to get away with it. But if you at least put the damn thing on your face, you have a 50-50 chance of not getting caught. Because once you go past those police barricades with the bikes and the the crowd control fence things, the metal bar things they put in the ground, you know, you're breaking the law. You're, you're trespassing. That's when you put the mask on if you're, if you're going to go in as far as you did. And now there's all these questions about... Um, where was the police during this? Why didn't they have weapons? You know, they, they just let the people march in. And, you know, these videos don't lie. It's not being taken out of context. Every video is exactly what they were saying. They were in front of the Capitol. They did just let the people walk in. They weren't wrong with what they were saying. Everything that happened actually happened. But it does raise that that question. What What exactly, you know, what was the thinking here? bringing the police in on the inside, trying to force them out. But they've already caused damage. They broke windows. They got past the first line to even get on the steps of the Capitol. People were allowed to kind of just hang out there if they wanted. My girlfriend brought this up. There's a picture of um, a guy that set up like a, uh, a fried chicken hot dog stand thing to like just make money and sell food there. Now, he, now he's a smart guy, first of all. He's, he's probably made quite a bit of money. But like... Did they care? Did did they care enough to like try and move people along? I don't get it. It it was it was something. It really was. And um crazy times, you know. They were talking about they were talking about this on the news. The local DC news last night. They've put up these like nine, seven, eight, or nine foot fences, like these tall black fences. And like um they're they're like sharp chain links. So if you go to put your fingers in to try and climb it, like you're going to cut your fingers. Like barbed wire, but in the fence. And um I was thinking, like, that's not gonna do anything. You know, and now they're showing on the news, like people are going to put gloves on or whatever, and they're going to find a way. And I was like, you know, I'd put up like a 20 foot fence if I want this inauguration thing to actually go smoothly. You know, I'd be putting up like, um, I saw this for the Steelers training camp when I went one year. It was like a chain link fence, but they had like this really dark black mesh looking stuff that they hang over top. You can't see shit past it. I mean, you really can't see shit past it. And I was like, if you really want to have a chance to not be disturbed, that's what you do. Tall ass fence. Get those mesh looking things. You know, if you want to at least have a semi-decent inauguration. That's what I think. And I think a lot of people are kind of hands off now with the whole, um, you know, steal the vote. Biden shouldn't have won. I think both ends of that have kind of died. It's just, you know, the Proud Boys, the Trump Boys, those diehards, everyone that thinks, you know, conspiracies and hoaxes and everything. I think those are the only people that are kind of standing on the side of Trump. I mean, hell, all of his, like, social media shit got banned. Accounts got locked, suspended, shut down, you name it. Hell, even YouTube apparently jumped on the boat. All these guys are just, um, they're just jumping in. Before I forget, by the way, for YouTube, uh, sponsor of today's video, 
video. Oh my God. I must be on YouTube. Sponsor of today's podcast is Scotty Vlogs, my YouTube channel. Uh, I got a new video coming out today at noon. By the time you listen to us, 12 o'clock Eastern. Um, it's, it's a cool video. It's one I haven't done before. It's a, uh, just check it out. How about that? I'm not going to talk about my sponsor that long. You can probably tell I'm not really in it right now today. I've just, I don't know. It's just been a weird start to the year. January's are already halfway over. And um, 2020's bled into 2021, it seems. But here's the thing. To take away from this, here's the only thing you should take. This is the only thing you should be taking away from all the dog crap I've been saying today. And if you've listened this far, I feel so bad for you. You know, some people look at 2020 and they're like, the state of the world is how I view how the year went for me. That's a load of bogus. I've heard plenty of people like put that on Facebook and I've heard people say that on TV and the news. And it's like, no, no. If, if the state of the world went to hell, me making the best of this year for myself and the people around me, that's what makes it a good year. Not this mamby-pamby stuff about, oh, well, you know, the meteor struck the, the corner of the world and it only caught two houses on fire, but it was a travesty and... My life has been affected forever. I, I, 2021, just, it's not my year. No, screw that. It's, it's dumb stuff like that that really gets to me. How you make the best of this year is what you focus on for yourself, what you do for yourself. It's not about any of the other malarkey out there. How you handle your day-to-day situations and how you learn from things and make the best of them that's how you kind of reflect on this year and make your decision. How is this year for me? It has nothing to do with other people. Only those close ones that you have. Family, close friends. People that have your back. That's what you have to worry about. It does not matter. The rest of this world does not matter. If you grade it off the rest of the world, someone's always going through something. So you're always going to say, well, it was kind of a shit year. And that's one of the dumbest things I heard at the end of 2020. That and people, and the memes were actually funny, where people said like, you know, can't wait for 2021, like midnight. The change will happen. Best day ever. No, doesn't work like that. Does not work like that. This is a short one today. I've I've just made an executive decision. This is a short podcast. I uh, I was I was trying to get a guest for this week. Didn't work out. But, um, I'm not even going to hit an hour. Ah, it's just been, it's been a race. It's been a race to get this year off to a start. You know, um, it's what it is. And that's that. I don't have a whole lot to say. I, I'm, I don't think you even want to listen to me today. On Honestly, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to get through this. I'm, I'm about to go back to school, actually. If I do a podcast for next Friday, that'll be the last one before I actually go back to school. And, um, you know, we'll kind of see what happens when we get there. In the meantime, uh, be good to yourselves. Go outside. You know, get outside. Get some fresh air. You know I, know, I know it's cold up north in Pittsburgh, but down here it's it's not as cold right now. But get out get out there. Get some fresh air. It's good. It's good for the mind. Get some, uh, get some sunlight. Get some vitamin D or whatever. Whatever the hell they say the sun does for you. And um, we'll catch you in the next one here. Keep it short. Go outside.
It's your homework. Do it for me. And we will see you, or I guess you'll hear me, next time. <laughs>